Hello, and welcome to The Bite, Hope Brooklyn's weekly podcast for bite-sized spiritual thoughts to inspire you as you center your life around God's great story. Thanks so much for listening. Our passage today comes from Matthew 5, 38 to 42. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. In this passage, Jesus is acknowledging a natural emotion that many of us elicit when we are threatened, attacked, cheated, humiliated, and offended. Revenge. Thoughts of revenge and vindication are our initial response when we are hurt. In our hearts, we believe there should be an act of justice that needs to occur to equalize the depth of hurt that has occurred to us. For those who are bold and frustrated enough, you may have had moments when you took action to rectify the hurt, cutting off the car that you cut that cut you off on the road, lying to those who have deceived you, stealing from those who you feel have taken things unjustly, or maybe shouting back at someone who deserved to be put in their place. However, if you are like me, those opportunities slip away and you just harbor thoughts of revenge in your mind. I remember when I was a young kid, being bullied by a kid that was bigger and more popular than I was. He used his size to intimidate me, he used his influence to tease me, and he used his friendship to exclude me. There are days when I think about him and all the things I should have done and said to put him in his place. Thoughts of revenge from my childhood still haunt me to this day. Jesus clearly understood that if we continue to live by the law, an eye for eye and a tooth for tooth, we would only perpetuate a culture of hate and revenge. He recognized that our thoughts of revenge and retribution will consume our hearts and minds. It will make us prisoners to our own painful experiences. Jesus is quoting a law that the Jewish people would have recognized very well. The law was initially created for the Jewish community in order to help prevent the weaker and poorer individuals in the society from being inflicted with injustice and physical injury. The law made sure that those who were wealthy and influential wouldn't get away with their crimes simply because they were the rich and powerful. This law was a balancing of injustice. It also assured that the punishment was of equal value. Therefore, it will break the cycle of retaliation. However, somewhere in history, the law that was created for the flourishing of the community became a law that satisfied the revenge of the individual. The law would only remedy the exterior punishment, but doesn't bring healing to the heart of those who are hurt. When Jesus says, But I tell you, do not resist an evil person, he is not trying to rewrite the law. A scholar wrote, The statement is to establish a greater righteousness, a different understanding of how we should live as the people of God, an alternative set of values. Jesus is trying to offer a freedom from being consumed by vengeance, anger, and bitterness. As a disclaimer, Jesus is not excusing the systemic evil that surrounds us, nor is he permitting evil to go unchecked. He is teaching his followers 
on an individual, personal level, that there is another way to approach those who are trying to overcome us with evil. Jesus gives four examples to his statement, do not resist an evil person. The first example that Jesus gives is if anyone slaps you in the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Being slapped in the face insulted someone's honor more than any other form of physical harm. Instead of trying to recover your personal shame and insulting the other individual, Jesus is teaching us to endure the scorn. The second example that is given is if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your cloak as well. During the time of Jesus' teaching, an individual was allowed to legally take anything and everything you own except your cloak. The cloak was an essential piece of survival, especially for those who were poor. An individual would have every legal right and claim to their personal cloak. Jesus is telling his followers to surrender to one piece of belonging that cannot be stripped from them by another. Next, Jesus talks about the Roman mile. Under the Roman rule, soldiers could legally subject the rights of a member of society into manual labor. They could force them to carry their supplies and gear for a mile. Jesus tells his followers, even under forceful subjugation, go another mile in love for them. Lastly, Jesus encourages remarkable generosity to those who are seeking it from us when he says, give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from one who wants to borrow from you. If these examples seem too radical for us to live by, you are not alone. Without the presence of Jesus in our lives, these principles would only devastate us and fill us with deeper bitterness and anger. It is only when we look at the life and death of Jesus that we are overcome with the thankfulness that he did not judge us by the measure of our sins and depravity. Although we were once his enemies, he drew us close and adopted us as his sons and daughters to be granted eternal love and salvation. When we dishonored his name and pursued after other idols, we should have been crushed for our betrayal, but his grace, but by his grace we are seated in a place of eternal royalty. When we wanted to take all of his glory and strip him of his authority, he didn't withhold anything from us, but rather gave his one and only son. When we demanded forgiveness for one of our mistakes, he went the entire way and forgave us as sinners. When we were in depravity, he didn't simply meet our physical provisional needs, but he filled us with his Holy Spirit so we will no longer live in spiritual poverty. Apostle Paul expounds upon what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Romans 12, 17-21. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We can see that Paul's trust was in God's hand of justice. He was convicted that God was the ultimate vindicator, so we are free from the burden of seeking out vengeance and retribution on our own. By this great love, we are now free to love our enemies 
and demonstrate a love that is radical and countercultural. Reflect upon someone this week that has hurt you deeply and ask Jesus to grant you the strength to love those who you consider your enemies. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your tremendous grace that although we were once far from you, you drew us close to your heart. Although we were enemies of your grace and of your holiness, you have redeemed us and you have made us new. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for withholding the punishment that we deserved. And instead you replaced us with your love and your grace. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Bite. To find out more about the mission and ministry of Hope Brooklyn and to subscribe to our other podcasts and lots more, visit us online at www.hopebrooklyn.org.